I thought I could sing in between the sheets, but I don't know enough of the words. In between the sheets. Ooh, What's up? Hey, girl, what's your fantasy? I forgot the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you, some, you know the words. <laughs> you gonna put us up on the screen, sweetheart? Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. Try not to cut my fingers. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting couple of days, couple of days, but we want to welcome you back to Way and A We Be Mo. Yeah. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Make sure we're saying good morning to the lady of the house, or there will be some problems on this stream this morning. Consequences and repercussions. Uh oh. Interesting. Oh. I was wanting to hear what you sound like. Oh, my bad. This stream this morning. Consequences and repercussions. Uh-oh. What's up, honey's girl? <laughs> honey's girl! Good morning, y'all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Of course, we're doing our usual sound check right now just to make sure the lady of the house can be heard. But I think that is Coast Bam Bam Fiasco. What's up, baby? Huh? What's up, B? Good morning. How you doing? Q, good morning. Who scroll up? Who else we got? Who else is in the uh Kells? Kells. And then of course Lady De La Casa. <laughs> good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We got some interesting things we want to talk about this morning. Uh we want to talk about DMX, of course. We want to talk about the return of Jim Crow. Uh, what else does I see right there? Of course, I'm going to the streets. The streets are calling my name. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, some people are calling it the best movie of the year. I haven't finished it so far, but I love to see out in the forefront who I think is a beautiful depiction of black comedy, especially in the modern era. When we talk about new blueprints... Um, Best movie of the year. That's what people. That's what people are saying. I didn't say that. Wow. Some people are saying that. I didn't say that. Um, but when it comes to talk about new blueprints, when it comes to new blueprints of comedy, it seems like Hannibal Burris and Eric Andre might be on the precipice of a new comedic nigga. Mm. So I want to talk some more about some Eric Eric Andre. But first, lady, of the, lady of the house. What's up? Good morning. What's on your mind? Tell me, tell me your thoughts. My thoughts? Um, well, <laughs> glad to be here, mm -hmm. number one. Glad to be awake. <laughs> Make it another day. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. You feeling good? Yeah. Feeling good? Cool, 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 cool. cool. Yeah. What you want to talk about first? Yeah. Uh, what do you have on your face? What you want to talk about first? Hey, girl. What's your fantasy? Oh, now you want to say it. That's all the words I know. <laughs> you only really know that because I told you. That's it. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That's all I know. <laughs> baby, baby. Uh, did did y'all play that? Who? Between the Sheets? We played it. Hey, B, did we play in Between the Sheets? I don't think we played in Between the Sheets. We did. Big Papa into between the sheets. Mm. Yeah. Oh, y'all, y'all clever. <laughs> y'all clever over in new showtime. My, my, my bad. It's actually a new new showtime. Oh, my goodness. New uniforms, new niggas. Right. Okay. 
as you as oh, this, we didn't even in, we didn't even talk about the stuff we're talking about yet. But you see that Howard's commencement is actually happening. They're having an in person, full on commencement. Yep, in uh, in May. Wow. Full on commencement. I mean, it's outside. True. That's true. I mean, so I guess. What's up, Lauren? Good morning. They do have. Good morning. But they do have niggas like packed in their like sardines, like. In the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) And you know how it ain't got no new bleachers. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Them same ass green bleachers. Yep. Same as green bleachers that Kwame Turi graduated on. (laughs) Same green bleachers. Marlon Wayans graduated on. Motherfucking Charles R. Drew, Ida B. Wells, all these niggas on the same motherfucking green steps. <laughs> we'll talk about that part though. That's okay though. That's okay though. Good morning. Zarya's on the line. What's popping? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We were just talking about, uh, I don't know if you just called it, but Zarya's a Howard grad. We were just talking about how them green bleachers <laughs> have graduated every Howard person, right. including General Howard himself. <laughs> General O.O. Howard walked across <laughs> them green motherfucking bleachers himself. Matter of fact, he painted them green. <laughs> Thurgood Marshall. Mm, brother Thurgood Marshall walked across them, that used them same green bleachers, and them same green bleachers is coming back um, full time, 100%. Um, because uh, Howard is having his full commencement. Um, oh, oh, Lion says hi. Ah! <laughs> nice. Lion, don't know he one of my favorite. He one of my favorite two, three year olds. That's oh, all right yeah. though. That's all right though. We um, every time we see, we just kind of look at each other like you look familiar and you look familiar. But that's about it. <laughs> that's about right it. Right, right. That's right. That's all right. I cannot believe. You're frozen. What you mean? Am I frozen? What you mean? I am frozen. Oh, now you got me nervous. <laughs> Do we need to come send over the heat? Um, oh. Oh, okay. Um, uh, who are just saying? Lion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We had to wake. We had to have to wake and bake with Bebo. Ah, the wake and bake with Bemo babies on one day. <laughs> we got Saint. We got Lion. We got Deuce. We got I cannot Lion. believe Deuce looked Zaire. me in the eye. Zaire. <sighs> I cannot believe Deuce looked me in the eye. That's my godson. Looked me in the eye on Facetime and said, "What's up, Uncle B? What?" Nick, look, nigga, what? <laughs> what do you mean, what's up? And wanted to know the answer. Please. Sir, you are, um, how do I have my mic linked to my, oh, Shelly Bell on the line. Okay. Shelly Bell, I, should I give her the secrets? Shelly, this is what you got to do, right? First off, thank you for coming to, oh, wait, ain't we be more, oh, yeah. Secondly, we don't get a lot of billboard artists. CMC was on a billboard, okay? This is nice. Shelly. I don't know if you know who Shelly Bell is. All right? Let me let me watch my fucking mouth. This is motherfucking Shelly Bell, okay? This is uh this is Black Girl, what's it called? Black Girl Ventures, Black Girl Funded. Anyway, she be getting she be getting money, raising money, show how other people to get money for mm-hmm. black girls and their ventures. Matter of fact, right. Nami meet Shelly Bell. Shelly Bell meet Nami, hey. okay? <laughs> okay, we still small times over here, yeah. Shelly Bell. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? Okay, small so the huh? small. small business owner. So to answer your question directly, um, we use a combination of OBS. We have two SMBs, we have uh, um an interface, um, and an HD card. 
HD Video Card, and Black Girl Ventures. And we have my Canon M50 right here. We are all running through OBS. The unfortunate part about this situation, let's say Shelly wanted to jump on right now. Mm. She can't do it because I'm not technically on my profile. I'm seven seconds ahead of you um, on OBS looking at me, looking at you. So that's where we are right now. But if we want to jump into the DMs, um, you know what I'm saying? If we want to jump into the DMs, we can we can take it from there. We, yeah, you know what I'm saying this is we professional because this is waking up with be mo. Let's talk about DMX. Yeah, DMX not doing well. No. Um. Now I'm an atheist like the next man, right? Like the next man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an atheist like the next man. But there are there are times, there are times, there are times when, uh, oh, we've, we've talked about this on the show before. I'm an atheist, but I still pray. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and man, let me tell you something. And I appreciate I and I also appreciate a solid prayer. So my mama gave a good a good prayer before the uh before the East yesterday. She almost started crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mama gave a good prayer Easter dinner the other day, right? That was that was bomb. Um but DMX, man, something about the raspy tones and the experience in life and the weathering of his face and his body mm-hmm. and his resilience against trauma, even though like you know, he's been addicted. They say he's been addicted to crack since he was 13. That's yeah. fucking wild. His whole life. like That's fucking wild. So in, in, in a sense, what, DMX, what, 49? Mm-hmm. I'm be honest with you. I don't know, I don't know too many people who've been addicted to crack for 30 plus years and was all right. Yeah. And we got to see, and we got to see a star. Right. We got to see, we got to see here one of the best voices I say in blackness, DMX's voice, the, the 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 timber of his voice is brilliant. Yeah. Watching a clip yesterday, and I saw how uh, I didn't know this, but it kind of makes sense. At one point, Irv Gotti at Murder Inc. was trying to get Ja Rule, Jay Z, and DMX to do a record together, and DMX was like, "I can't do that." Because Ja Rule, but my whole flow, that's my whole style. Right. In my soldier boy, in my soldier boy voice, bar for bar, word for word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I know there are a lot of conflicting statements right now, but the news reports that I'm reading, uh, and I definitely in 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 in. I definitely suggest that you go find your own facts, but his manager is saying that he's in a vegetative state. His family's staying in a vegetative state. Uh, the children are coming to see him. He's on or off life support, but either way, it doesn't seem like DMX has much brain activity or any brain activity left. Yeah. And that's sad as hell. Man. And that's sad as hell. And I'm not no doctor, but uh, according to according to House, you know what I mean? According to uh, ER, According to uh, uh, the little bit of uh, knowledge I seen on SVU, I don't think you come back from lack of uh, lack of brain activity. I don't know if that joint just clicked back on. You just took me back to there was this woman in Florida named Terry Shivo. Mm-hmm. She was in a vegetative state. She That's was, right. Yeah, you, you know. That's right. I remember Terry Shivo mm-hmm. and the family. Um, there was a dispute on her life because some of her family was trying to pull the plug, mm-hmm. and the other family was like giving her like feeding tubes and breathing tubes and yeah. shit. What ended up happening to Terry? She died. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah. That's a I goddamn they, shame. They take the 
And took the food. There was a. I remember there being a court case about the removing of her feeding tube. Right. Woo. That shit. Wow. Woo. Let me take some. Maybe I should say this right here and wake up Baker Bimo. If I'm in a vegetative state, yeah. Either cook me or kill me. <laughs> either saute me with some fresh, with some fresh garlic, or let me go, baby. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I can't. I'm e- either eggplant parmesan or I'm grass food. Come on. What? Be hanging around my body. Oh, okay. Well, what is you know what I do for a living? <laughs> I talk and think. God damn it. <laughs> I talk and think, and people pay me for it. So you and you want me to lay around <laughs> thoughtless <laughs> and and wordless? How do we know you thoughtless? Maybe you have things going on. <laughs> Let me ask you something. When the last time I had a thought and I didn't share it with you? Exactly. <laughs> what? All the time. Anyway, really? Yeah. How you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. All right. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever. Whatever. Good morning, Miss Lane. How you doing? Good morning. Welcome back to Way Make We Be Mo. Yeah. We supposed to be talking about. Uh, oh, we were talking about DMX, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I hope he comes through. I if mean, I'm, uh, I, I really hope, I really hope, um, you know, the people are praying for him. Although I wonder how many. Mm. <laughs> what you gonna say? How many people are actually? Mm. I was about to say, how many prayers does it take to make an impact? Is prayer a volume thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to upset nobody. Although I, I heard a new Jesus story that made me chuckle at chuckle at Jesus, what? I didn't know that after Jesus died and came back, or died and went, you know, they lifted the rock and then he was gone. I didn't know that he came back a week later to see his homeboys and be like, "Yeah, nigga, I'm really dead." <laughs> what? I'm really dead? Yeah. Was it? Is, uh, was I knew it? He came back, but I didn't know he said, "Yeah, I'm really dead." Yeah, nigga, I'm really dead. Touch my side, because I guess it was oh, a yeah, Timothy. Yeah, no, it was Thomas. Thomas. Thomas was yeah, like, "That nigga ain't dead." <laughs> <laughs> Preaching about Down Thomas. Yeah, that was a good sermon, actually. Surprisingly, I'm not saying that. I don't know. I just didn't expect it. Yeah. I'm. Just, what made me chuckle was like. Did you have to be Jesus' homeboy to get like a personal, a personal message? I mean, like, <laughs> you were on the pathway and he saw, he saw him and you were like, "Hey, that looks like Jesus." He probably would have been like, "Yeah, I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Friend of the club before eleven. What? What? <laughs> you not promoting parties? Oh no. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, I heard that. I heard that the the Downton Thomas story. That's the first time I heard that, and I was like. Yo, Jesus funny, yo. <laughs> Jesus funny. And I wonder if he told jokes. I don't think he had time for jokes. Who do got time for jokes? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let me get off my Jesus train then before I piss somebody off. The new Jim Crow. So, okay, did you see the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. has decided to move its all-star game out of Atlanta because of the passing of the voter suppression laws that happened over, was that two weeks ago? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Okay. I think the set of laws are called HR1. I think, I think, I think, anyway, these laws, and my mama told me to tell y'all about it because we got to make sure we are still on the fight against Jim Crow. That nigga trying to make a comeback. Mm. 
So the voter suppression laws in Georgia are a direct response to the high voter turnout, the mail-in ballots, the absentee ballots, all the things that Republicans and conservatives think that Georgia did to cheat the election of 2020. When in actuality, the people showed up because they had enough of what was going on. They were organized and activated by Stacey Abrams and the crew. And so now this fraudulent governor, don't forget this, I'm going to call that nigga fraudulent until until he gone. This nigga who stole the election decides to sign in these new laws that are effectively suppressing voting laws. So closing more precincts, um, what else is one of the things? Like one of the things is like, if you if somebody brings you water, or if you drink water, or somebody brings you water, we're in line at the voting line. Like your vote, your vote can be invalidated, and you can be put out of line or some shit like that. Like it's illegal. Just like different little little soap laws, like uh, more uh, more ID situations. It's just more 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 blockades to to the free vote. Because you would think you would think. That if we are a democratic state, the point is to get everybody to vote. Right. But apparently, we want pe- less people to vote. Because, you know. We want the, I don't want to say right people, but we want specific people we to vote. We want specific people to vote. Yeah. And what they don't know is that these lines, these laws that they're creating are crossing class lines. Right. You, are, you aren't just preventing me and my black ass from voting. Yeah. You're preventing... And I'm not poor. You're preventing poor people from voting. Right. You're invo- you're you're preventing disenfranchised, marginalized people, which is anybody who has a negative effect, uh, uh, a negative a negative effect projected towards them in a capitalistic society. So the people who have to be at the bottom that's the people that you are that's the people that you affecting. Right. And do you think these people? Well, well. Let me not try to speak for these people, because I was going to say, do you think these people really, um, really would vote with your interests after trying to suppress their laws? But we see what happened in 2016. Mm. We see what happened. <laughs> I'm not surprised by shit this country do no more. <clears throat> Just love yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon says it's about fairness. It's about holding. It's about holding power by any means. It's not about fairness. You're right, B. It's not about fairness. It's about holding power by any means necessary. So. Here's what I'm saying, right? So MLB decides to pull out specifically because of political reasons. And then I hear Mitch McConnell say that businesses shouldn't get involved with politics. And I'm thinking, like, when in America has the economy been dispartnered, unpartnered, separate, extricable from government? Right. Never. Never. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Matter of fact, when you think about politics, the third thing you think about is taxes. Right. <laughs> you think about the president. You think about white folks. This is, my, this is what I'm thinking about. When I, when first thing I think of government, I think about the president as a position. I think about white people and whiteness. And think of, then I think about tax money and how, oh, Lord, this may. Oh, Shelly Bell, can we get some Can we get some tax ventures? Lord of mercy. Oh, my God. Oh, the 1099 game. Oh, almost, almost, almost. Almost makes you consider getting a nine to five because they, they help you pay your taxes. But good lord, <laughs> um, you know when in American history has there been a uh, 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 when in American history has there not been a partnership between commerce, capitalism, and power and government? It hasn't happened. No, it hasn't happened. So when I hear Mitch McConnell, old 
bitch ass, which I think should be is like, it's, you know how some people have like PhD, <laughs> MBA, <laughs> it should be, it should be Mitch McConnell, uh, OBA, <laughs> old bitch ass. That's what we got to start. That's how we got to start addressing old Mitch McConnell bitch ass. Um. <laughs> um. So when I hear Mitch McConnell say we should we should uh, devoid, I mean businesses shouldn't be involved in the business of politics. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Do you have that same sentiment when lobbyists are bringing you money? Mm. When lobbyists are trying to get your attention, take you out to these fancy places, getting your attention by doing a certain situation involving money into politics? Do we have this conversation? Do you have the same conversation when you're doing fundraising for politics for your elections, nigga? Get the fuck out of here talking about businesses shouldn't be involved. In, get the fuck out of here. And then I seen some Republican senators. This is this is how crazy. This is how crazy racism is. So Coca-Cola is considering pulling the headquarters out of Atlanta because of the things happening with Georgia. Yeah. And uh, Coca-Cola, don't somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Coca-Cola might be the most American product on this planet. Coca-Cola, Disney, what else what else just screams I'm just telling you and congressmen congressmen after hearing the comments from Coca-Cola like oh I'm not gonna fuck with Coca-Cola no more what (laughs) you're not considering the voter suppression you're not considering the illicit bias that you got going on you're not considering the marginalization of free people you talking about I'm not gonna drink Coca-Cola no more and again maybe they are huh Maybe he is considering all the things you just said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. He consider right. them. And it's right. like, still, right. I'm not fucking right. with Coca-Cola. Right. <laughs> Let me light this blunt, man. <laughs> Let me light this blunt, man. That, that, that is racism and systemic oppression, like, so built into the core of one that they can't even see that they are, <laughs> they are, like, damning an American institution. Coca-Cola been Coca-Cola been in America almost 100 years or 100 years. Right. Plus. Plus. That shit used to have cocaine in it. You talk about American. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Imagine a nigga said, you know what, dog? <laughs> I fuck with Disney. You know what I'm saying? Disney cool, but they got too many black people in their shit, so I'm not fucking with them no more. Or baseball. Your baseball is straight, but you know what I'm saying? They they had the Negro Leagues in it now, so I'm I'm good. What? (laughs) How racist are you? How How does that work? (laughs) Boy, racism is is thick, boy. Let me light this blunt and stop playing. What else we got going on here? Oh, Patrice O'Neal, first step in reparations is no taxes for black folks. Ooh, Lord of mercy. Mm Mm-hmm. I want you to know on this. I was, you know, we need to start doing. We need to denormalize how reparations has a connotation of impossibility, right? Because I think it's going to happen in our lifetime. Oh yeah. And I'm if I if I'm being really real, mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going to have kids, but I think it'll happen before our kids are grown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before our kid, mm-hmm. before our kid turns eighteen, Deuce might be like on his twenty first birthday, but before our kid turns eighteen. I truly fun. believe reparations. Reparations, at least in an initial form, will happen. 
do you think we'll get reparations and universal basic income or it'll be one or the other? I think it would be easier to give out reparations if there's already universal basic income. Right. If there's already a system to... Uh, uh, to distribute money to American systems on a large scale, which yeah. shit, the Corona stimulus virus actually, right. the stimulus, the stimulus check actually makes me believe that uh, that reparations could be possible because they paid the stimulus check to every American. Now, if we just narrow that down to the thirteen percent of Black folks, mm. that's true. Um, Q, what you both in? Um, either reparations or. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually think it'll be, I think it'll be easier to justify giving some Americans more money after we've given some Americans some money. And I'll be honest with you, universe-based income should go to everybody. Yeah. And I do mean the billionaires. Like I feel like it's, I feel like it's something that if there's universal, universal-based income, I feel like that's a chance for Americans to look at the rich and be like, "Yo, look, give that back plus some interest." Right. Go ahead. On a voluntary base. Good morning, KJ and Chuck. It's the big dog. <laughs> What's up, KJ? Um, the pandemic is precedent. That's what Keith said. That's what he said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the pandemic is precedent, right. Mm. So we have a way to get people money. We have a way to pay for that money. We're giving people money. I saw yesterday uh, uh, John Oliver did an expose on... Explaining the national debt, which I love John Oliver. Yeah. I love John Oliver because he takes some of these advanced <laughs> some I mean I, I recognize that some people don't have the patience or the will to sit through a 30-minute lecture from a, a cheeky British white man about some very nuanced, nuanced topics that are happening in the government. But if you do get a chance and you are interested, please um Oh, uh, please go check out John Oliver's conversation on the national debt. So Matt just asked me, all black folks or descendants of slaves, if the latter, how do they do, how do they determine? So I've been listening to um, the Reparations podcast, which is hosted by Erica Alexander and some white dude, Erica Alexander, you know, Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, mm-hmm. uh, who I think should be in the place of, I think her career should look more like Tina Fey, but you know, white mediocrity exists. Um, they asked that question too. So how do you determine which black folks and how much black folks or which black folks get reparations? So they had a good test. I thought it was, um, uh, current identification and how you had identified, you had to give your current identification and then you had to go back at least 10 years Mm -hmm. to identify two forms of government um, government paperwork in which you have identified yourself as black. So that means if you had to go back 10 years and pull out census data, it shows my name and I check black. If you got to go back 10 years and you see my SAT score and I says, and it says black on it, yeah. <clears throat> then cool. That's how you can determine if I consider myself black. Yeah. Now, the conversations of whether uh, descendants of slaveries, slavery versus immigrants should get reparation. I think that really depends on what type of reparations we're going to give. Now, if there are Jim Crow <clears throat> reparations, mm. of course, individuals whose families who've been here since Jim Crow deserve those reparations. If these are GI Bill reparations, then, of course, all the black men who fought in World War II need to get that reparation. If this is descendant of slavery uh, reparations, then that's something that we're going to have to track um, as best as we 
we can through independent through independent uh, uh, catalogs. Now, what scares me about that is that I don't know if y'all saw that, but like Twenty Three and Me, they got bought out. Really? Yeah, which means I feel like bought out. Now nah, I'm just making. I'm just Ooh. right now. I'm hypothesizing that 23andMe got bought out by a pharmaceutical company, which means that pharmaceutical oh, company owns y'all spit. Oh shit! Right? That's weird to me. That's hella weird. That's weird uh-uh. to me. I don't like that. <laughs> see, see. <sighs> but I'm saying that to say to Matt's question about about trying to normalize the conversation of. Reparations. Yeah. The who part is actually easy. Interesting. <laughs> okay. The who part is easy because the theory is only black people would identify themselves as black to the government. True. It's a system of whiteness that works against itself because hmm. nobody wants to be black on paper. Right. Unless you were uh, now, who might get away? I knew some kids in high school who were putting black on their ACT and SAT score, oh, so they thought it would get them higher. Like, no. That's not how that works. Right. <laughs> That's not how that works. Um, and I've been thinking about affirmative action, right? Mm-hmm. We watched that. What's up? My little hey. brother right there. What's up, Rock? Hey. Uh, we watched the documentary about the cheating scandal that happened um, in higher education with uh, with an uh, old girl from Full House. Yeah. Right? She only got three months for that shit. They straight up cheated and they lied. Anyway. Well, they got like two weeks. And- right. Mm. Anyway, um, and they straight up lied, cheated. Like these niggas used the. Here's the thing. So I'm dyslexic, right? They used the disability strategy for their advantage. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't use the disability strategy strategy at all. Right. My my counselor asked me in tenth grade, "Yo, standardized tests are coming up. Got a file here that says you're dyslexic from one of your schools in the past. Do you want to take?" The do you want to take the assistance? I forgot the name of it. It's like additional assistance ACT, in which you're in a room with yourself or other students with learning disabilities, and they give you a separate piece of paper, and then they cross check the answers on your paper with your bubble form. Because people with dyslexics, those motherfucking little letters and those buttles, man, I'm telling you, that shit started to look weird. That shit started to look really strange. And in a way, certain certain questions are, are formatted like that shit really fucks with your head. And you already, if you dyslexic, you're already dealing with a constant motherfucking logic puzzle all the time. And then somebody throws another logic puzzle on top of that. <sighs> Jesus. What's up, Geronimo? Geronimo! Good morning. <clears throat> Why are we talking about that? Oh, affirmative. affirmative action. So I was thinking about affirmative action as it, came, as it comes to college admissions. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I do remember when I was in school and I was getting, I got accepted to Yale. It took me a while because uh, I got waitlisted, but I got accepted to Yale. And one of my classmates says because of affirmative action. And I said that to their face and I was like, yeah, probably. Uh. Probably me and John are the only two black guys in the city of Tallahassee um, who applied to Yale. Only two black guys wow. in the whole city. Uh, and so if you're a recruiter who's, a, who's responsible for the state of Florida and you're going to these major cities where you see there are other major heavy hitters, like I, some girls went to my school, went to Harvard, some niggas went to motherfucking Brown, but like you see the only two black guys want to go to Yale, they came and saw us. That was interesting. Yeah. Them niggas came and saw us. We had a luncheon. It was real fancy. It was the only other time I had full lobster was at this college recruit lo- uh, luncheon yeah. for Yale. 
and John got automatically accepted because he was the number one black guy in our class, and he was like number eight in the class. Mm-hmm. And I got waitlisted. I don't know if that's because, but I got waitlisted. Uh, I was number twenty-two in the class. Here's another fun fact: big, and, and people will tell you this if you call. If you call up admissions officers, they'll tell you straight up. Uh, when we got, when I was getting my accepted letters to Morehouse, Morehouse was like, "Oh, if you in the top, if you top ten black dude in your class, automatic acceptance." Mm. Top 10 black dude in your class, automatic acceptance. Even if your class is 13 black dudes and you number 10, it's automatic acceptance. Automatic acceptance. Wow. Top 10 black dudes, right? So I'm like, okay. Interesting. So I thought about affirmative action and I told my classmate that, yeah, Yale was probably the, the affirmative action was probably the reason why I got into Yale. And I was thinking about that while we were driving home the other day. And uh, the reason, I, I don't know why that conversation repopped into my mind, but it just made me think like it wasn't something I was ashamed of. If anything, affirmative affirmative action should be proof that you should be ashamed of something, not me. Yeah. If there are special rules, <laughs> if somebody has created a law to make sure that my race demographic is included into institutions where success is possible, you should be upset at the causes of that law, not me. Right. I didn't do shit but get born. <laughs> Come on, dog. Geronimo. Peace, family. Good morning to the lady house. Good morning, Empress. Uh, good morning, Empress. Ah, good morning. Uh, Geronimo says, uh, y'all were way more studious than me getting accepted to Yale. I still don't know how I got accepted into Howard, to be honest. Probably because you was a black kid from, from the area. To be, honest, to be honest with you, Malik got in. Malik told me his SAT scores, his ACT scores, and his motherfucking GPA. That nigga got in. I don't think it's just, I don't think it's, well, uh, Malik's uh, SAT score is actually pretty high. Well, yeah, I don't think they accept every black person because. No, black not every black person. No, 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 not every black person. Not every black person. Good morning. Good morning, Jordan. What's up, man? Uh, so, yeah, oh, I see your hair in the camera. Oh, yeah, the lady in the house is hair. Good. <laughs> Good morning. What else we got on here? Oh, so I'm very disappointed. Um, I'm very disappointed in, I'm not disappointed. I think it's just, it's just an interesting, it's just strange. I really, I really heard a Republican congressman say, I'm not fucking with Coca-Cola. Not, damn, maybe we are like enacting voting suppression laws. Like, damn, maybe we are doing too much. If Major League Baseball, which is a traditional white institution, and Coca-Cola, which is a traditional American institution, if both these institutions are in my state and they say, I don't know about this state no more. And you like, fuck them. What in the strong Thurman? (laughs) What is going on? Man, now that you're saying that, and then I'm just thinking about our experiences at the mall. It's just making me feel like this is. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Sometimes I do feel like we're going backwards. Right. History, history rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself. Mm. Um, Q says it would create an odd kind of infighting to split black folks again. Maybe we could take a page from history in Haiti to quote Dr. Carr. You hear you black. <laughs> there will always be a fraud. That's actually a good point. Mm. That's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> you hear? Yeah. You black? Yeah. Hear your money. What? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's a good. That's hey. a good thought. Yeah. Uh, Geronimo says uh, geographic affirmative action could have definitely played had been a play in D.C. D.C. area representation of Howard is definitely low. And as a you know, one of the things that did bother me, 
especially uh, the older I got at Howard, like during my junior and senior year, was the way that Howard people talk about Washingtonians and people from the DMV. Mm-hmm. Like they just dirty and, and, and like scourgers of the earth. Like yeah. the way they turn their nose up at, at Go-Go and, mm-hmm. and like don't want to be a part of the community, but like just sit up on the hill at Howard. That shit is... Mm. Um, that shit is disgusting, bro. That's one of my. That's one of the things I I like least, or I don't like at all about Howard is that is that elitism, especially right. when it comes to the geographic location of DC. Like we just better than DC. Like I just I, I hated that. Right. I hated that when I started doing jump starting, like going out to the community, like junior year. That's when I noticed that people in our direct community don't fuck with Howard students. <laughs> don't fuck with Howard students. Uh, Brandon, you're right. Brandon says, "You a book could be written on Howard elitism relative to native Washingtonians, okay. right?" And then I hear relative. Then I hear Washingtonians talk about how they went up to like they went up to the yard for yard fest when they was 13, 14, 15. Like, damn, there were teenagers on the yard when I was at at yard fest when I was at Howard, and how like that experience to them was just like you know a free concert. And I had never thought about it from like being here, not going to Howard. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh man, you talking about where you want to know? I'm about to call him out. Do you want to know where it shows his face worst? Where musicians, really? Musicians at Howard just swear up and down they better than everybody in the world, mm. and then some Friday from the city come up and whoop their ass, and now they like oh. oh. <laughs> Musicians from Howard talk so not all musicians, but some musicians from Howard talk down bad on like local musicians so like so bad. Ugh. Ugh. And it's weird. It's weird when I started when I started doing shows. It's four years ago now. When I started doing shows, the old punk ass capo capo OBA <laughs> uh, old bitch ass. I was first doing them shows in capo and just introducing, um, being in a room with Howard people, who was my main demographic, the people who were following me most at the time, mm-hmm. and being in a room with um, uh, DMV musicians. And watching them interact and watching and watching some of the musicians I know, they face break like I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know this was happening. I only I only thought music existed in DC as as go go or as live or et cetera, et cetera. Or like sounding like mess. And I'm just like, Y'all niggas tripping, man. Y'all niggas tripping. There are some there are some musicians from here, some of the best musicians I heard in my life. Right. Anyway. Um Geronimo says, every time my high school marching band, Oxygen High, uh, 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 back when we were good, used to play with HU's band easily. Wow. Come on now. You're not going to tell me Oxygen Hill High is matching up with Showtime. I just don't agree with you. What year was this? <laughs> what was this? You know I was in the band, right? You know I'm not the, I'm, I'm challenging your challenge right there. Did you see that? You hear that, Brandon? You hear that, Brandon? Geronimo says, Oxygen Hill High was whooping Howard's band's ass back in the day. <laughs> What what year was this, Geronimo? Don't you say 02 to 06. Don't you say 02 to 07 sometime, because I was in that band. Then let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We seen anybody. I don't care. Uh-oh, see my old band head coming out. <laughs> I don't care. Call fam. I'm ready. The crazy, okay, late 90s. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bunch of misogynists in the band in the, in the late nineties. So, mm, yeah. so maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. Danny, what's poppin'? 
Oh, <laughs> Matt called us some fight of the bumblebee ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Talk about Drumline, the movie is an era. What, movie, what year did that movie come out? Look it up real quick. Was that 03, 02? Hold on, let's look it up real fast. Let's look it up real fast. Drumline, I would be, I would be lying if I said that Drumline didn't influence... Uh, didn't influence my want to be in the marching band. I would be straight up lying. Yeah. I'd be straight up lying. <laughs> um, there are some moves in Drumline that they do in the movie that I'm so upset that we didn't didn't get to do with Howard. <sighs> the fact that uh, KK side does not go ooh ah KK side. They don't do that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, I'm supposed to be looking up when Drumline came out. What were we, what were we talking about though? What was our original subject? We're talking about affirmative action. Somehow we got on Howard, though. Mm. Oh. Elitism, but... and somehow that's uh, connected back to the Jim Crow. So look, y'all. Look, y'all. I need I need us to pay attention to this voter su- suppressing situation because it's happening again, right? And we see the results. <coughs> In our lifetime... Because of voter suppression and, and, and the voting tactics that Georgia specifically is using, we have seen the governorship be stolen away from a black woman. This happened while we were grown. This happened. It's like three, four years ago, two years ago. This happened on our watch. And we are still on the watch. And companies like Coca-Cola and MLB are above the grade. What's crazy is I don't... Outside of uh, In Class with Dr. Carr, I can't say that the black intellects on my black intellectual Twitter are talking about voter suppression. Hmm. I can say that the person who was most pressed to tell me about voter suppression was my mother. Mm-hmm. Like She called me and was like, no, you got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And not just like on here, because she watched the show from time to time, but at the job I do, when we're talking about uh, black trends and what's going on in black society, you need to talk about this because it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So if Coca-Cola and the MLB, which are, you know, to me, icons of whiteness, um, if they got it, maybe we should be talking about it a little bit more. Right. Maybe we should be looking to it a little more. And I know we don't live in Georgia. And this, to me, if I still oh. Our black party has a as a state representative now, the D.C. state representative. I might get, try to get a conversation with this motherfucker. Um, because to me, if we're going to be a political party, mm-hmm. I think geographic location has to be decentralized. I don't think it's that important. Mm. Like this George, like when we're talking about the voting suppression laws, H.R. 1 in Georgia. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is a priority Georgia situation. I think this is a priority black situation. Right. Um, And the reason why I say, like, although only Georgians will be able to vote, I feel like the power of blackness should be centered on, um, the power of blackness should be, centered on these voter suppressions. And that means like all ideologies of blackness should be thinking about this. Not the niggas, not just the niggas from the South, right. but the niggas from the West Coast, niggas from the North, niggas from the Midwest, the ethnic niggas, if they in our black part of shit, invite them in. We don't need all black attention as possible. Mm. Um, 
because I don't think this I don't think this should just be a Georgia thing. When we going into our barbershops, when we talking about direct action, you know, this is a solution based podcast. You know what I'm saying? When we talking about direct action right here on Hawaii, make we be more. We need to be talking about. Voter suppression. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> That's all. That's my two pieces. Yeah, That's my two cents. It affects all of us. It does. It does. What's up, Chef? What's up, Jossie? Sydney, what's going on? Good morning. I probably missed you. You're probably already gone already. That's all right, though. Do I see this becoming a trend across all southern states? Here's the thing, Geronimo, and I'll, I'll post a link later. It's not just happening in the South. There's a website actually dedicated to it. I got to see if I can see if I find it real fast. There's a website dedicated to it. In 2021, I think there's already been 450 voter suppression bills that have been introduced into voting bodies from Arizona to uh, wait. If you want to Wyoming, there you go (laughs) from Arizona to Wyoming. Voter suppression is happening all across the United States. And because it's happening on hyper local levels, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like floating by. It's just kind of floating by, which, again, which is why I think I think that if we had a, if if we have a black political party, our geographic location has to be decentralized because they try to hide things in the small details. Whereas if if we were the highlighter, if we're the spotlight of all issues, and every time we every time we seek out different voter suppression laws, if all of black people can see that, oh fuck no, we're not going for it. Then we can get the attention of the black people in the city. Right. You know niggas. First off, I don't like watching the local news. Cause it always seems like a nigga little a nigga like me is wanted for something. <laughs> <laughs> so I get nervous when I watch the local news. Um and local news is not sexy, but see if you had a big sexy party that was talking about it, might be all right. What's up, Elise? Good morning. What's up? What time is time we got? Fifteen. Oh, we got time. We got time. We got time. Who else is on the list over there? All right. Actually, the streets are calling my name. It's a conversation about the vaccine. I might, I might say this for Thursday, but uh, I just wanted to make a couple comments. I don't think... You know, Kanye said one time, and I'm very careful to use this reference. That's why I was just quiet for a second. Kanye said one time that SNL is not for black people. It may use black bodies... Of course, he does not say it as eloquently as this, but SNL, Saturday Night Live, is a tool used to kind of like marginalize black issues in a comedic sense. This is going to be very hard. It's very hard for me to prove because I'm just having this thought now. He said that he said that a couple years ago. He said SNL is not really for black folks. And when he said that, I was like, Kanye just sensitive because they talking about him. But every so once in a while, I do, when I'm watching SNL um, sketches or monologues or et cetera that's featuring non-comedic black folks, mm, like bad whiskey, it got a good, got a little bite on it. Mm, Sometimes, sometimes. um, 
And the I'll be honest with you, the the recent Daniel Kaluuya SNL, they did a skit about um, I guess it was like a Jeopardy type mockery situation of like, will you take the vaccine? Yeah. And they've pointed out all of these silly reasons that niggas won't take the vaccine in different extraneous situations. Almost, I mean, it was funny, I guess, but I guess the the outcome was almost to say that black folks are very skeptical about the vaccine because of Tuskegee and because of uh, what are they called? Uh, the theories, what are they called? Conspiracy. Conspiracy theories and shit like that, right? Like almost like, almost like our skepticism is something. To be, although every, although anything can be funny, I agree with that. But it seems like the point is the point of that skit was our skepticism is hilarious. And as I'm talking to other black people, and one of the men, one of the medical, not uh, Geronimo says medical apartheid. One of the uh, yeah, they don't they don't mention the medical apartheid. They don't mention any systemic reasons that are currently happening on which why black people should be both hesitant towards privatized health care, pharmaceuticals and the government. We don't talk about that, but we just want to make fun that, you know, black people believe in these conspiracy theories about how the black race has been bothered. Um, when I do get in rooms of conversations, one of the biggest conversations that always happens is like, yo, you getting the vaccine? It seems to always be a conversation. And it's in those conversations, it seems like skepticism is always allowed. Like, okay, I'm gonna get vacuumed up. I'm gonna get the I'ma get two tapped. But if you skeptical, okay, I understand that. Right. And it doesn't seem to be too much more conversations that happen behind that. Right. Because there is an understanding amongst black folks that New shit is dangerous. Yeah. There's a reason why, as I'm studying marketing right now, there's a reason why black folks in marketing, in product buying, in purchasing, as consumers, have the highest rate of brand loyalty than any other demographic. And we've hypothesized on this show before that that high rate of brand loyalty isn't because we just particularly like that brand. It's because we know other black folks that use it. It's been safe towards us, and therefore we can participate still. Black people participating in new shit? Black people participating in new shit? That's revolutionary. I don't think white people understand that. Right. We don't, I, don't, I don't just get to be feel safe just to walk into a new place in this skin with this hair and this voice and this attitude and these shoes. I don't get to just do that because a white man going to come walk up next to me and be like, oh, that's some nice shoes and try to spark up a conversation about public policy. <laughs> I don't get to just be new in new spaces. I don't get to feel safe in new spaces. White privilege like a motherfucker. Don't get me wrong. If you get vacuumed up, I, I applaud you. Because that is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. That is very revolutionary. But I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. And, I'm, and as I told my grandfather when he asked me why not, I said I'm scared and I'm shook by knowledge. Right. Because I know, mm-hmm. I know they kill more black mothers in maternity wards. Mm-hmm. I know they don't give us the proper medication because they think we can, uh, we can take more pain. <laughs> I know they test our bodies. I know about the hella cells. I know about the Tuskegee experiment. I know about the medical apartheid. 
So it's very hard for me to walk into this institution that is that has been proven to be a natural nemesis towards the black body in America to then roll up my sleeve and say, give me something I don't know shit about. Mm. I applaud you, revolutionary motherfuckers out there who are able to do that. I got you. I believe in you. I trust you. I love you. I hope everything is well with you. But I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. And I understand skepticism from the other party. And what makes me mad is when white folks, when the, when the, when the American majority, the, the global minority, got the nerve to stand up and make jokes on my behalf using this brilliant black body. Fuck out of here, bro. Knowing what we've been through. Fuck out of <laughs> here, man. Got some comments. Mm. I think no matter which side of the vaccination argument we're on, I think we should stop trying to convince other black people to lean one way or the other. Absolutely. Do what you do. Whatever right. you feel like is best for you, do that. Right. Do that. But this ain't a situation. This is not a situation in which you're going in which you going um the more you try to convince me, mm -hmm. the worse it is. Right. I'm going to have to come to this conclusion naturally on my own. Right. And until then, I'll keep taking it up the nose. <laughs> I'll keep taking it up the nose. If that's the case, I'll just take it up the nose. Shit. I'm at the point, now I'm not trying to convince nobody of nothing, but I'm at the point, I'd rather just get corona. At least I know that's in the wild. <laughs> At least I know I don't know where that came from. At least I know that. What do you say? I said you better knock on some wood. <laughs> you over here talking about you rather just <laughs> knock on some wood. <laughs> knock on some wood. You know how many people got caught up by saying that? Knock on some wood. Do you think? Not talking about myself, um, but do you think atheists on the general are hype, uh, uh, superstitious? No. <laughs> but you the one, you you were talking about you make a wish when you go through the tunnel. I sure do. I make a wish when I go <laughs> yeah. through the tunnel. Those are just the rules. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, Brandon says, I will say, uh, it was comforting to see a variety of different people at the VA when I got vaccinated. Young, old, black, white, Asian. Damn, you mm -hmm. did go to the VA. That's the, that's where the veterans go. Yeah. Because Brandon, a veteran. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, uh, new Lane is that is that uh, that Danielle? You got the new, you got the new, you got the new, uh, 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 the new code name. All right. She said, wow, that's real as hell. I'm thinking she means the revolutionary part. Uh, but we are, what, what time we got? 54? All right. What's the burning question for the roach? Sweet thing. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, do you have any last thoughts on Eric Andre? But I don't know if you want to. Let me tell you something about Eric Andre. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Eric Andre. I stumbled upon the Eric Andre show when I was on R Street <laughs> on Adult Swim. And I saw one episode and I binged the whole thing. Because yeah. I thought this black man 
is doing something brilliant, but I can't quite figure out what it is. And I think that was five years ago. And I've spent five years trying to figure out what the fuck is Eric Andre doing? And I don't know. And I think that's the brilliant part. Mm -hmm. I think the brilliant part is that I know there's one episode of Eric Andre show where I know he's talking about Donald Trump. I know he's talking about how ridiculous he is, how ridiculous America is for voting it in, but he never says it. Yeah. He never talks about it. It's only metaphors, and these metaphors are ridiculous. <laughs> like, like throw yourself through a wall, run through the streets, painted in orange Cheeto dust while slapping people, like ridiculous metaphors. Yeah. Um, jackassery, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I know he's making these comments, but he's not making these comments. And I feel like black comedy, don't get me wrong, black comedy is a brilliant space, but it gets redundant. Um, you see that when Gerard Carmichael is trying to do different forms of the stand-up, yeah. where it's more edited, or it's no audience, or it's more quiet, or he's producing things that are look a little different, that are more uh the evolving, not the evolving, but the reformation of black comedy, not necessarily the next step in black comedy or another branch of black comedy. When I see Eric Andre and what he's doing with his ridiculous and he's naked and he's kissing men, like he in one scene he he's getting married. He gives his, his soon to be wife a peck, but then he openly mouth kissed the the preacher. <laughs> right? So like just doing like ridiculous things with his body that breaks every time I feel like he moves it feel like it just breaks a stereotype mm. it just breaks a stereotype and I just think that's fucking brilliant I am one third of the way through a uh, bad trip I'm gonna keep watching that shit it looks it's like a prank show but it's like got some edits in there it's really brilliant mm. it's really good it's like it's like you remember the original Borat yeah. it's like that but black <clears throat> but not like well, there are sometimes why this is black as fuck, but not like, oh, well, it's black. <laughs> it's black and it's good. And I really appreciate Eric Andre. So if if you got the chance, if you got the stomach, I'm not going to say it's the easiest things to watch. Uh, but if you got the stomach, um, check out Eric Andre, man. Check out the Eric Andre show. I'm going to see if I can find a clip from that, from the episode that I fell in love with. So check out the Eric Andre show. And I want to thank you again. It's another Tuesday. We are. What's the date? The 7th? 6th. It's the 6th. We are 14 days, two weeks away from the first birthday of Hawaii May we be mo. Oh, yeah. Borat, but not as much penis. There you go. Appreciate that, honey's Honey's girl, LLC. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> Big things. Big things. Big uh, yeah, we were about two weeks away. I think we're going to try to do something live. I know I've said that like 12 times already on the show. But I think on 420, we're looking to do something live. Um, if not, we're going to be celebrating in different kind of ways because we have found out that our technology uh, can do certain things and we might have to change the setup a little bit. You might even get to see the lady of the house's face. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not, uh, but we'll see how that goes. We want to thank y'all for listening to Hawaii Make We Be Mo. I'll see you on Thursday, off the top Thursday, 8th.
Throw me some Throw me some things to talk about Okay Hit me in the DMs Okay Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah throw me some things to talk about If anything you want to talk about specifically on Thursday We can go off the top or we'll be on Lipstick Alley and gathering Gathering some other black news and some other black thoughts Violence against women is unacceptable Violence against women is unacceptable And that's the end of that statement Violence against women is unacceptable. We're not, we're not doing that shit, all right? And we're also checking our homeboys on the violence against women. So violence against women is unacceptable. No caveats. We'll see y'all on Thursday. <laughs> Waiting ain't we be more. Ooh, yeah.